This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to Voice of Change today with myself, Lauren Jacobs, and it is so good to have you all with me today. As promised, we're going to be talking about Israel. We're also going to be talking about what has happened in Israel, which we've been covering for quite some time on the show. But today I have a very special guest joining me, and I'm going to tell you all about her in a second. But for those of you who don't know, we know that this past Saturday that we just had was exactly four weeks since Hamas just... It's uh, beyond words. They just obviously entered Israel and this terrorist massacre took place. And it was a peaceful Sabbath, Shabbat morning, Simchat Torah, a very joyous day. I remember it very clearly. It was my dad's 70th birthday as well. And just the experience of that joy on that day. Obviously, I wasn't in Israel, but those who were in Israel were just attacked. This incredibly difficult time has just broken out. It's been over four weeks now. And we witnessed horrific attacks of violence against the Jewish people and against innocent lives. And and was people who lived in Israel, people who were visiting Israel. And uh, we also know at the Nova Party Festival, there were at least... 270 individuals that were killed and uh, many survivors miraculously surviving. And uh, But we know that enduring that comes with trauma, comes with having to work through that. And of course, families as well being impacted. So joining me today is Dana Khanna, who is an Israeli, and she relocated to South Africa eight and a half years ago. And her sister, Shani, she is a survivor of the Nova Party Festival. And Dana is here to share with us her family's story and her sister's story and her perspective as well of what was happening that Saturday when the world changed. It really changed. And uh, we need to remember that this is an intense time, an intense time that we still see unfolding before us every day, that we see news, that we hear what's happening. And I truly believe it's it's time that we stand with Israel and support the Jewish people. And so Donna is with me to share her family's story. And I'm so blessed to have her here. And she's going to be joining me after this. So enjoy some music. And Donna and I will be chatting about her family, about Shani, and about these events after this. Dana, it is so, such a blessing to me. I was going to say it's so good to have you here. You know, it is so good to have you here, but we are talking about something that is really quite intense today and it's such a privilege to have you here with me. So welcome to the show today and uh, I hope that it's a good day for you today. So first, thank you for having me here. You know, it's such an honor that I can actually come and share, share what happens and to make sure that more people will understand, you know, the meaning of that, like Black Saturday, as mm. we call it. So thank you. Um, I know it's like a tough question to ask Israelis now, like, uh, yeah. are you OK? Yeah, it's like a, got two options, like I'm OK, but, you know, with everything yeah. that happens. So it's difficult, but mm. I'm in gratitude and with gratitude that my sister survived, like, mm. And that's a big thing. And every day we're hearing new realities coming out of Israel. And that's tough to deal with. And like you said, it's it's hard to ask Israelis now and Jewish people around the world who are experiencing that rising anti-Semitism everywhere where they are. Uh, but 
firstly, tell us a bit about the October 7th, that Black Saturday. Your sister at a party, uh, I watched a video of her on CNN talking and she said that the sunset was so beautiful that day. You know, that morning the sun was just coming up. It was just a, a day where people were together, friends were together, and it was a beautiful morning and suddenly it was not so beautiful anymore. So tell us a bit about what happened. Obviously, you have your perspective, so you can interlink those and oh. what she went through. And uh, But we know she survived, which we're so grateful for, Baruch Hashem. And we are so grateful for that. So tell us a bit about that day. So I think I'm I'm going to try to mix, okay, between yeah. like from her point of view to mine, uh, because it's two different things that's kind of merge in a certain way Um, but I remember that like you know she's young Uh, we have 16 years gap between us Um, and I was actually supposed to be in Israel as well uh, for the holidays like always and because of my visa I've said I'll go like now in November Uh, so basically if I was there I was also going to the party with her Um, but I saw her like on Instagram posting like you know that she's having a good time in a party so I was like, okay, cool, nice. And then, you know, but I go to sleep. I'm here in Cape Town. And then I wake up in the morning and one of my best friends, she's calling me. And then another phone call. I'm like, seriously, I just want to sleep. Like, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And then she said, is your sister okay? Uh, and I'm like, I'm no, I know she's okay. But like I said, I'm going to text my sister. So I've texted my sister, but she wasn't getting my message. So I was like, oh, whatever, like... She's always like have this that she's in a party, maybe her battery died or something like this. So I took my dog for a walk <laughs> and I'm coming home and then my friends call me again. And she's like, then I like you haven't heard the news. Like they basically woke up um, on that morning with lots of rockets and missiles like everywhere. Uh, and that's what a lot of like people are saying that when they heard it. There was something different. Mm. There's usually like maybe one like, you know, uh, alarm or two, but the amount of them, it's like one by one by one to the center to everywhere. So for them, it was a shock. And then she started to discover that there was like, um, they were not even saying the numbers in the news, but she Mm -hmm. heard from someone else that there was a party, that there are like 250 people uh, who got murdered. Like, and which party did your sister went to? And then the journey started, like, you know, first to figure out to which party she went. Mm. And now she's not even answering. Um, And on the same time, my dad didn't even know that she's going to a party. Okay, So for him, he discovered by mistake in the morning. Okay. That she's there. (laughs) She told him, I'm going to sleep at a friend's place. Um, There was even a moment when she was like actually messaging me and she's messaging me, please don't say anything to dad. Like, I don't want him to worry. (laughs) I'm like, too late. He already knows. Like, what do you want me to hide? Just send him a message saying you're good. Um, But like, that's like how my morning started now with like trying to figure out that part. Like, and if I'll take it to my sister. So they were in the party. Uh, She was actually working in a different party in that area the night before. And, you know, they're having like a jewel, like seriously, like as yeah, you say here, a liquor jewel, <laughs> yeah. like that's it, like having a good time. And then the sunrise. So, you know, they take she took a picture, as she said, um, and then out of nowhere, there's the rockets and the missiles and they stopping the music. And then everyone is trying to go hide. But my sister, she's also very chilled. And let's be honest, when people go to a party, we know what they do in parties. Okay? Yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. going to be like. 
modest about us. But, mm. you know, so everyone like in a different mindset. And I think that's also something that impacted like some yeah. of the deaths and like uh, and things that happened there. So they were saying to themselves, OK, we're going to go back to the camp and we'll take our stuff. Although it's not like a festivals here that you sleep for two nights. Mm-hmm. It's like usually those parties start like later, later in the evening mm-hmm. and they last until the next day. OK, so it's like a 24 hours one. OK, that's why everyone like got like close to the dance floor, like a little camp if they want to go rest and things like that. So they went there, they packed their stuff, they were very chilled. And they were so like in the transport, like, you know, it's a tribe. So everyone knows everyone, of course, but they came with two other friends and they basically split it to two. And each one of them went to the car. So now my friend, uh, which is also my sister friend, is actually part of the family in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know him for many years. Uh, he was the one who's driving. And from what I actually understood recently, he wasn't even supposed to go to the party. He went there just because of my sister. Okay. And he's actually the one who saved my sister as well. Wow. Because she's probably was very nervous and stressing yeah. at a certain point and he was pulling her. So basically they're getting into the car. Now they drive, and but there's traffic, right? Because everyone's trying to come out. Now, the cars that were in, in the beginning, the one that were rushing to come out, that's where a lot of people got murdered because the terrorists were waiting there. Mm. So now imagine they're coming with a big like a van, like an SUV, and yeah. with a weapon on top of it, and they're just spraying. And it didn't came like, you know, a group of few of them. It's a big amount. It's yeah. like hundreds of them. Like. Recently in the news, they were sharing that on that day, they entered around 3,000 terrorists on that wow. day. But it's actually more if you calculate yeah. like what they said in the beginning. And from my knowledge, it's probably even closer to 4,000. Yeah. And they were paragliding down to? To everywhere there in the area. Crazy. You can see on one of the videos that some guy was actually filming that you can see and they saw him. So they both like went to different directions and yeah. that's how he was able to be saved and there's a lot of stories. Um, but, you know, they're in a party. Like yeah. I was saying to my friend, imagine you going to Origin, to Vortex, and then mm. someone coming and spraying you, like, mm. from everywhere. I just felt so scared. You know, my goddaughter, you know, she's at that age. She's 60 now where she wants to go to festivals. I get really nervous about her doing that. And uh, she went to some, like, lifter baby dam or something over the weekend. And it was just so many young people together. And, you know, since this event, I kind of felt quite scared seeing because she was sharing pictures of they were just having a good time and lots of like people and like some bands playing, you know, the general thing. And I was I was looking at her and she was with all her friends and I was just reminded of what happened just a month ago. Just like innocent people that go to a party and young people as well and whatever and it's just everything changes. It's it's just unfathomable to me because it's innocent people. It's innocent lives. These aren't soldiers oh. or people who are going, like, standing on the front lines. These are innocent people. They're having, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing. And I kind of looked at this picture of my goddaughter and I was just felt fearful because I was, like, impacted by what has happened of, like you saying, they're just normal people just going to a party. And like you said, you know, your dad didn't even know she was going to the party. We all did that when we were young. You know, <laughs> like, I remember doing that when I was like in, in my teens going like, oh, okay, you know, 
and it's just it's just normal life. It's just the normal cycle of life, and suddenly everything changes. Yeah. It's crazy. You need to remember that no one had a weapon. They had a security. Yeah. Um, they had like police force a bit there. That that's what they were trying. But some of them didn't even realize it's terrorists. They were thinking it's soldiers because mm. some of them were actually wearing like, you know, the Israeli IDF like uniforms. Uh, so it, it takes time for people to understand. But when they're shooting at you and so many, like you sometimes you don't have that time. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so what happened, they basically got into the car um, and now the, people are starting to run and screaming at them like they're shooting, they're shooting, like run away, run away. So they went out of the car, like clearly my sister went bare feet, like with no shoes, um, and her friend was dragging her. So he was dragging her, so to just run. And they, she said, like, we can feel like the bullets next to our mm. feet, like while we're running, because they just spray. And that's yeah. the only way I can describe, like yeah. spraying it everywhere. And at one point, they just run and they decided, like, you know, those got those safe rooms, kind of like yes. they were there. That um, you call it Migonit. It's um, so those were like little, like concrete rooms that mm. people got inside there because of the rockets. And those terrorists actually came inside and they were shooting there. There was. Uh, mm pouring grenades there. Some of the people that ran away out, they kidnapped them. Uh, some were actually found themselves like because of the first one that got the most injured mm. and died, they were like under all of those dead people. Yeah. And they were waiting for like three, four hours until someone came to rescue them. So imagine like lying under dead bodies like for so long and like yeah. pretending to be dead yeah. uh, for that time. And my sister said like we wanted to get inside and then she felt like she doesn't need to go inside. So they kept on running and they decided that they're going to run against everyone else, like not to follow everyone else, which was a smart thing to do. Yeah. Because when you're in a large group, you are a, a target in a way. Yeah. So they're running and then they see at a certain point from afar, two people, and they look at each other and they recognize those two friends that they split it. Wow. Before they went to the car. So now they got back together and now they ran and they found like a big bush mm -hmm. um, and they were just like scrolling and like, under that and it's like with lots of thrones and they were deciding that it's so difficult uh, to like get inside so they won't even search here Yeah, and that's what they've done and they hide it there for like nine hours until oh. we rescued them so even when the rescue came they needed to come out because no you cannot find them yeah but on the same time when they're there, they can hear the terrorists around them mm. and laughing and shooting. And, you know, it can be a second that one bullet will fall yeah. like and everything and one wrong sound and, and that's it. So that's like from their side, like being there for nine hours. And on the same time, I'm here in Cape Town trying to figure it out. I'm actually messaging people from like uh, in on Instagram that I saw them with her in the party. Uh, they only answer later on. So I'm glad that those that I messaged uh, survived. And I messaged one of her friends. I'm saying like, oh, I know it was your birthday. So happy birthday. Uh, but do you know to which party Shani went? And then a few hours after I realized he's actually in the bushes wow. with my sister. And then it started like a full mission. And I don't know. One of my friends said like, that I had zero emotions in me on yeah. that time. Uh, but I was saying to her, I was focused. I think it's my army training. Like mm. I was focusing. There's no time for emotion now. Yeah. There's a rescue mission to do 
And that's all I can focus on. Mm-hmm. So I found my cell phone here, opened what we say in Ibu Khamal, which is a, a war, war room. room yeah. um, and I'm starting to text and call everyone I know. Now I'm like, not even like the news is in front of me, but good thing that I wasn't really watching and listening because I didn't realize what happened. But I decided that I'm going to ask my brother's friend if he want to go there. Because I said, if he's going to say yes, then I'll say to my brother because I trust him more. Okay. My brother is like an astronaut. It's like, sh- <laughs> <laughs> and he was in Golani, so he's like, oh wow, he will commit a suicide. The other one is like Tanchanim. He's like thinking. There's logic. Yeah. So I knew I need to get the one approval and then go to the other. And he said like immediately yes. And basically, I've sent him and my brother and another friend that joined uh, to go rescue her. Okay. Um, so I've, we're sending locations and they're getting there. And on the same time, I'm reaching out to different journalists, like everywhere I can. A friend of mine is also is like an organizer of those festivals. He was like having uh, also started like a war room and he was reaching out to the commander on the field. So it was a full communication. But I think what hit me is that that was the moment that my brother's friend was sending me voice notes because they were trying to get there yeah. and they were getting very close. And But they're saying like, but Dana, they're still shooting here. They're still yeah. like, they're shooting at us. There's grenades here. Like this is like a war area. Like it's not like we're coming like just to pick her up. Yeah. And they were trying to find ways to get inside. And then they, they're saying like certain things and I'm like, okay, so I'm sending their location to someone that can send it to the that like in touch with the army so they can actually evacuate from that part mm-hmm. that there's not going to be fires anymore around us. So it was a full mission and I think that's when he hit me like what the hell have I done and sorry for my language but what have I done? Now I also sent my brother and two friends like it's yeah. my responsibility without even realizing to where I've sent them. But it was a full mission of back and forward, like lots of messages. And sometimes my sister answers and her friend um, is also my brother's friend and is one of my cousin's friend. That's how we met him through my cousin. So everyone were texting everyone. And I was for like nine hours on my phone constantly, not a break, not to eat, not to drink, like nothing. Yeah. I had a mission in my head. There is like my mom passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I said, there is no way. There is no way. I'm bringing her back home. Mm. And I also dreamt about her that night. Wow. So I knew she's going to be okay. I'm yeah. very intuitive. So I was trusting that, that it's not part of her journey. Yeah. But it was it was chaotic. And only yeah. like when they rescue her, so it was actually someone else that rescued, which is funny because like he got to them while my brother and his friends got inside now. So they were actually like five, ten minutes away. So that was the gap. But sadly, they got inside and they saw things that they both said, like they've been in Lebanon war and stuff. And they said, like, it's ten times worse than what we've seen. That's what. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. Because I've read quite a lot of people whose stories they've told now since they've survived. But exactly what you said, there's things that you saw that, like you're saying, that They've been in war zones. They've been in different places. And even people who are in the army who have been in serious war zones and who have been in Lebanon, everywhere else, but going, I've never seen something like this before. The 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 way people were killed, what happened. And even we're hearing all the time and reading all the time 
about, uh, you know, at the Kibbutzim, they're still trying to piece together. They're still trying to find people. It's now archaeologists that are coming in to try and and dust things off. That's not what archaeologists do. I studied archaeology. That's not what you do. You don't, you're not forensics. You know, it's not pathology. But you don't have a choice. But you don't have a choice. And that's how, and I think to get into people's minds, that's how this thing is. I mean, you have, you're literally piecing together fragments of someone, you know, that, and you have to piece them together. They were killed. They were violently killed, massacred. This is not normal. It's not a normal thing that we should witness. And it's, it's intense when we think about that reality. I have some WhatsApps that's coming through here. <laughs> so I'm going to read them quickly. But I'm going to read you one before we go to a song break. Uh, and uh, this this one uh, is from Francois. And he says, Dana, we are forever grateful to God for sparing your sister and yourselves from such heinous atrocities committed by such senseless darkness of the world. And we stand with you and your people in solidarity and comfort, in hope, in love, and in shalom at this time. And we pray God's deepest shalom, which surpasses all understanding. We just pray that that peace will mount and just be over your hearts and minds and have its perfect work in God's purpose for your lives, for the restoration of this world, ultimately for peace to come. We are with you in spirit. We are with you in heart and mind. Please don't forget that you are not alone and that you are loved and cared for. We are with you and your people and that you are all the apple of God's eye, precious in his sight, love and many blessings, Francois. Buy a donkey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read you one more. Uh, This is from Vivian and she said, uh, and actually Vivian, it's Vivian Myberg. She's the national director for the ICEJ and she was actually in Israel when this happened. Uh, And she was at a hotel where they had evacuated some of the people from Kibbutz Be'eri. And so she was there when they arrived. And she's been sharing a bit about that. But she she has a message for you today, too. And she says, we are beyond devastated at the evil attacks on the people of Israel. Our hearts are so broken at the loss of lives whose dreams have been cut short. But we commit to fight for your right to exist and to thrive as a nation. And we will always stand with you for your beautiful nation of Israel. Amazing. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much, Vivian, for that message. We're going to go to a quick song break, but don't go anywhere. Dana and I are still going to be together after this and uh, just in, enjoy some music and may it just minister to you. And uh, we'll see you when we get back. You're back here on Voice of Change. I hope that you've been with us the whole time because we have been sharing Dana and her sister Shani's story and her, the story of her family, ultimately. It's the story of your family and, and the story of not only your family, but of your people, of the Jewish people of Israel. And um, Dana, you, you know, we've been sitting talking about what happened that day, but in many ways, and just uh, reading these messages, these WhatsApps that are coming through, and I do want to say to people that are sending WhatsApps, uh, there are quite a few WhatsApps coming through, and I do have quite a lot. If I don't get to them, I will share them with, with Dana and her family, okay? So please don't think we're leaving you out. We will definitely get to your WhatsApps. People just sharing so much love and support here. So it's amazing. And Dana, this has been really difficult, and people need to hear this truth. But you've also s- said that you... This is a miracle that she has survived. And also, uh, you felt that in your heart that evening, you know, on that night, later on, kind of reflecting on what had happened. And 
you've been in that mission state of mind, which is really good because that was what was needed. Tell us a bit about, you know, was there that that miracle sense that you felt and you had a dream about your sister as well mm. was like what we would understand is like God kind of talking to you, right? Like there's a spiritual aspect to what is happening, but also that intuitiveness that you have as well. Tell us a bit about how you have felt about that since since this. So for me, it's more that my mom spoke to me mm. <laughs> from that side. But, you know, like after we found my sister and and I remember my dad calling and saying like, okay, they rescue her. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, okay, now I need to take my brother out, uh, Liran. So I'm calling and making sure they're out and they're coming and meeting each other. And then of course, now on the drive back home, there's still rockets and stuff like this. So mm-hmm. until she wasn't home with my dad, I wasn't relaxed. Yeah. Um, but only then I was like, you know, like around nine o'clock, I was like lying on the couch and watching TV. And then I'm starting to understand like what happened. Mm. And I'm shocked. And I'm like, as I said to you before, like I felt like, and it still feels like it, like I'm watching a horror movie mm. and it doesn't end. And I have no clue when it's going to end. And it's keep on shocking you. And that's when I realized like how we had a miracle because when you listen to the stories and I'm still hearing more stories of survivals, I don't know. It's like everyone with their destiny in a way. It's like you realize that some of them, there's no way that they just skipped this house. They just like didn't was able or like one house, they were like shooting at the door of the safe room and because they were shooting, it got locked the mm. door so they couldn't even open the door like you hear different stories yeah. and you realize that and but what kept me like on that Shabbat on that Saturday it was first I was like concentrating like on my yeah. mission to bring her home and on the same time I had my faith that she's going to be okay because I went to sleep I had three different dreams that night uh, the first one was about my sister mm. I was dreaming that She's there with me, with my dad. It's dark. We're on a cliff, like, you know, driving in circles. But then she falls from the cliff. And I'm like, there's no way she survived this. No way. It's too deep. There's no way someone can survive. I'm coming to the edge of the cliff and I look down and I can see her in a little light just standing. And she's like, she's fine. Like a few scratches, but that's it. She's fine. Um, And that's what kept me on that Shabbat because I knew that my mom was basically saying to me, you dreamt about this because it's going to be okay. It's okay, yeah. And after that, I had another dream about like a, an army base that I can see all the shootings and the bullet holes and and the blood and everything. So, But at the morning, I wasn't even thinking about it. It yeah. was just like as long as like I'm like texting people and trying to reach out to so many people. I'm like, wait. I actually dreamt about it. Yeah. I was like, what the, what's going on? But that's what kept me, like, being connected to my intuition. And I think, like, if you also listen to the stories of the survivals, mm. it just shows you how, like, the intuition is so strong and powerful and mm. we just need to listen. Because mm. there was another guy that said that, like, in that party, like, that the police officer told him to go from a certain way and he didn't listen. He went to a different way. And on the same time, he was like, picking up other people and he helped like others to survive as well because he listened to his intuition and went in a different way. So many stories and you know, and I do want to share that, you know, people don't understand what we are dealing with. Mm. 
It's not a matter of like Palestinians and Muslim and Jewish and Israelis. Mm. It's way more than that. Yeah. It's humanity against inhumanity. Mm. And that's why I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come and share here because people don't understand what's really happening. Mm. Because those terrorists, ah, Hamas, mm. they didn't care about like, who are you? There was a story in the news that like, I was sitting, I was, you know, it's it's an Arabic guy. Mm-hmm. And during that interview, you realize they actually 30 years ago used to be in Rafiah, which is Gaza. Yeah. He was not able to drive. So his wife, it, his wife driving, he's got basically, uh, I think, eight or nine kids. And he was with the baby in the back seat. And they're coming on motorcycles. And they can see she's got, you know, the cover for her, the hijab. Yeah. You can see it. They shot her more than 20 bullets yeah. next to him. Mm-hmm. So now he's hiding in like a closet of like the electricity thing mm-hmm. like out there and he can hear them and he's trying to get the baby to not cry and at one point those like terrorists are coming and hiding next to him so now they oh. can hear probably the baby and he's not sure if they can hear or not so he speaks to the baby in Arabic so they can understand that he's got families like in a way kind of one of them like you know I'm yeah, Muslim yeah, as yeah, well yeah. as you and he can hear at the same time how they're planning to shoot the soldiers, because what happened, he said, they were going and coming, but there was a gap of half an hour, kind of. Now they came back after a few minutes. So you realize they were planning something. Now you can hear everything in Arabic, how they plan to kill the soldiers. So that was a group, I think, of 40 soldiers coming in. And he was like thinking in his head, like, I know they're going to think I'm a terrorist because I'm Arabic. I look like this. And everyone is so scared. scared yeah. And you automatically react. It's not a matter of like yes. being racist. It's automatic yeah. reaction. So he was saying, but I prefer maybe they'll see me with the baby and they'll understand. And on the same time, by the way, the entire time, he was on the phone with the army and the police, like telling them I'm hiding wow. here and like what's happening and all of that. So now he's coming out. The soldiers are shooting at him because he realized that what they're planning to kill the, all the soldiers hmm. um, is coming out of it. And they start shooting at him. But he's saying like, no, 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 like, that's my name. I'm like from like the phone and they can see the baby. So they they like realize they stop. It's like, wait, are you the guy from the phone? Yes. And he basically pushed the soldiers away. He said like, go, go. Wow. And that's how he saved their life. Wow. So as you can hear it, like it's not just a matter of Jewish and Muslim. Mm-mm. They didn't care if you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, whatever. Yeah. Where you're coming from, they kidnap people from different like countries yeah. like from Thai people there's another guy that was in the kibbutz and he was saying uh, his daughter or I think or something like this is, is kidnapped um, and he was saying like you know I'm working there like those guys they killed eight of my you know like workers and yeah. they're Palestinians yeah, from Gaza that came to work exactly and that's what we were seeing they didn't ask you you know are you Jewish are you Muslim are you Christian are you you know non-religious didn't matter who you were and that's the thing, like you saying and reminding us, it wasn't about Jews against Palestinians or, you know, whatever. That's not the issue. The issue was that it's terrorism and that's Hamas. And there's a lot of Palestinian activists, uh, peace activists that I follow, and they are speaking out. They grew up in Gaza. They grew up there. And they're speaking out and going like, we have to free Palestinians from Hamas. Exactly. We, we're not getting electricity, food, water, petrol, fuel, whatever, because Hamas are taking it from us. And we're trying to live here, you know. And if there was a BBC, I, I'm sure maybe you saw that uh BBC actually aired it, which is quite interesting because they decide what they want to 
air, uh, and they they aired uh, a video this week of a woman, a Palestinian woman in Gaza, whose family member was killed, and she's shouting and saying, Hamas killed my brother, not Israelis. And people are trying to keep her quiet. They're putting their hands over her mouth. Yeah. And she's saying they're dogs. We need to be freed from Hamas, you know. And the Palestinian people are saying, are saying, we need to be freed from from terrorism. We need to be freed from what we're living under now. And so it's not a thing of going, because we see this huge rise in anti-Semitism of going like, you know, Jewish people are the problem. Israelis are the problem. But that's not the problem. And, uh, you know, I had uh, a friend send me a message, and I will try not to get emotional about it uh, (laughs) because she's Muslim, and she also wears like a thing. And uh, she sent me a message like a couple of days after this whole thing broke out. And um, she said, uh, I, I just want you to know, my husband and I, we want peace. And I, and, and I want you to know that we are with you and we're with your Amazing. people. Um, because obviously she knows my dad's family are Jewish. And so she's like, we are with you. We are with you. And I was like sat there not wanting, because like you said, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> she's Muslim. Well, how do I, I like don't want to hear from her, you know, because this is how you feel as a person. Like you're trying to love and you're trying to stay, uh, you know, part of connected to your humanity and goodness. But you're seeing what's happening and you're going like, what, how do I respond to this, you know? And I took a few days before responding to her and, and saying like, thank you. And, and we let's keep loving each other. You know, that's what we need to do. Um because it's not it's not one against the other and that's what the world needs to understand and i think that's what breaks my heart like you know when i see all the free palestine without people understanding free from what yeah what are you trying to say have you actually been in gaza Mm. have you actually been in israel Mm. do you actually know the proper history or just the lies yeah and someone was actually i saw it on tiktok saying like it feels like it's a trend Yes. It's a trend to support yeah. the weak. But sorry, it's not. If you really actually want to support them, help them. Help them to be away from Hamas, from yeah. all the terror groups. There was an Arabic guy, a Muslim, that also shared, like, if you look at those countries that um been controlled by Iran and all those terror groups, mm-hmm. like Lebanon, Syria, all of that, they're destroyed. They yeah. destroyed those countries. Yeah. Why are you not crying for this for Syrians, Syrians. Like, like like that? Look what happened to them. Lebanon was one of the most amazing like highlight thing like mm-hmm. back then, mm-hmm. um, and look what where it is now. Why are you not supporting this? And I think mm-hmm. for me, when people decide to choose, they choose between right and wrong, between mm-hmm. good and bad, between humanity and inhumanity. Because you know what? No matter what you've done in life. And Israel is not perfect, okay? Let's be honest. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not no no country is perfect. Yeah. But if you're not condemning this, mm. you're inhuman for me. Like, because mm. you hear the stories, yeah. what they've done to babies, yeah. The fact that they need like just from the teeth to f- discover like yeah who's the person and it's yeah. a kid or like one family because they found her skull. That's how they know that she's dead. Like. Yeah. It's like, it's bad. And the fact that, like, there are 240 people, including 30 kids and babies mm. and moms and dads and grandparents that are in are in captive now. Mm. Like the prisoners. Yeah. They're, like, in the tunnels under, like yeah. the ground. Yeah. It's terrible. It like, is. you know, their parents and family members saying, are they eating? 
Are yeah. they sleeping? Am I allowed to sleep now? Am I allowed to eat? Yes. Because I'm not sure what's happening with them. Yeah. And you think about it all the time. And that's why I'm very grateful for you giving me the opportunity to come and share and for people to understand. We do want peace. Mm. We actually enjoy the peace. You know, when my mom yeah. had brain cancer, we used to do radiation. And yeah. together with her, there was a nine-year-old boy from Gaza with his dad mm. there. We were like giving him food and everyone were playing and chatting and stuff. You know, we do live in peace. Yeah. People think that we're not, but we do. Mm -hmm. And they come every day and they work and they actually earning good money in Israel versus yeah. like that in Gaza, they have nothing. Yeah. And they want to come here. They're, they're getting our services and the hospitals and everything. Yeah. And show me which country is actually treating in the same hospital terrorist. Mm. And people yeah. get injured by those terrorists. Mm. Show me which country actually announcing where are we going to attack, when are we going to attack, and Dropping asking people to. <laughs> like it's not like just fires and sending messages and calls. And it's like, get out, you know. But you don't really do that. Come but we on. somehow always the bad person. But one yeah. of the things that it's important for me if, that people will understand is that everyone who hates us, the Jewish people, You're actually just giving us a gift because by you acting like this, you're showing us how we need to be united. Mm. And you are actually the, all the innovations and everything. Think about it. Like we grew up that no one likes you yeah. <laughs> in a way yeah, yeah, that yeah, a lot yeah. of people hate you. Be careful. My mom actually told me to, to learn to play piano. And one of the reasons was because if something will happen in Israel, so I can find a job. And I was a kid, okay? Yeah. So that was their mindset. So like, so we learned that if we're not going to do it, no one else, we cannot trust. We mm. cannot count on someone else. Not the trust, but more the counting. And that's the thing. When my dad's family came here like a hundred years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like my great-grandparents were like, went to the Anglican church that was uh, in District 6 because most people don't know that a lot of Jews got settled in District 6. Um, and they said, like, you know, they're going to baptize all their children in the Anglican church because you must just fit in. You know, you must be like everybody else. Don't be like overtly Jewish. You know, yeah. you just blend. And people don't realize that. That is what a lot of Jewish people that live, uh, you know, as we say, in exile, inverted commas, but, you know, around the world have done to blend to blend in you know you're like okay so we baptize in the anglican church not so we're anglican and uh you kind of not how it works but you know it's kind of like just blend like just forget about that other stuff you know yeah. uh, just forget and it's 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 important that we hear these truths and i must read another message because it just came through that said um Shalom, Dana. Your sister's ordeal must have been horrific, but we are grateful for her survival and for your great heart to share her story and this testimony today, which will bring much needed awareness and hope, I believe, to those who hear. May she be healed at deep levels from the memories, but also may she be left with courage to carry on and live her life to the fullest for all of the glory. And that comes from Liz Campbell. Amen. Ah, and there's another one. This is the last one I'm going to read before we go to a song. Uh, and it's from Melissa. And she says, Dana, what a mighty God we serve. I'm really grateful for your sister's survival and return home. Amidst all the chaos, amidst all the heartbreak, 
I'm grateful for covering over your lives. And I believe your story has great purpose and one beyond what you and I could probably ever comprehend. Thank you for being so courageous to share it with us today. And we are all listening and keeping you in our prayers. Thank you. So thank you all for these incredible WhatsApps. As I say, those that come through, they have been, uh, that I will share with Dana and her family. But we're going to go to a quick song break when we get back. We are going to read a psalm together, Tehillim. I brought my Tehillim with and uh, so that Dana can read to us in, in Hebrew. Oops. And we're um, <laughs> going to do a good job. And uh, we'll see you when we get back after the song. It's been amazing, Dana, to be with you today. It's such a, a gift. And I think we're both sensing that gratitude. I'm grateful for you. And just pray all the best as you travel home, you know, at the end of this week. And the best for your family, the best for Shani, for your dad, and uh, for everybody. And uh, just in one word, no, not in one word, but one sentence, I think a lot of people are going, how is Shani now? You know, a month later, obviously, there's trauma counseling, there's debriefing. Uh, is she okay? You know, obviously memories and things that she has. So she's, she's okay. She's dealing. She's, she's yeah. yeah. But you know, the, 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 I'm just going to say in one sentence, like the Nova Festival, they're doing lots of activities for them. That's a lot of people are volunteering. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who helps with the healing now and it's going to take time. And yeah. that's the time to deal with us with the trauma now before it's going to come post trauma. But I trust, I know that she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. There yeah, you had that dream. You saw that light shining on her. She's yeah. going to be okay. And we're going to be keeping her in our prayers as well. And so I want, uh, you know, Dana and I to do this final thing to to uh, kind of read the psalm and proclaim this over Israel, proclaim it over all the Jewish people and also ourselves. And I'm grateful, Dana, that you have agreed to read this with me today. <laughs> so you're going to do the Hebrew for all our Hebrew friends that are listening uh, and all our Jewish friends that are listening. We're going to do this and then I'll do the English for all our English friends. So Dana, Psalm 121. No pressure at all. No pressure. <laughs> אוקיי. שיר למעלות אשא עיניי להרים, מאין יבוא עזרי. עזרי מעם אדוני עושה שמיים וארץ, אל יתן למוט רגליך, אל ינום שומרך. הנה לא ינום ולא יישן שומר ישראל. אדוני שומרך, אדוני צלך, על יד ימינך. יומם השמש לא יככה וירח בלילה. אדוני ישמרך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך, אדוני ישמור צאתך, ובואך מעתה ועד עולם. אמן. ברוך He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will never slumber nor sleep. God watches over you and he is at the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. For he will keep you from all harm and will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Our prayer for the IDF, for all the soldiers. Our prayer for those who are still held hostage. Those who are dealing with You know, the memories and the trauma, our prayer is this and so much more that help will come, healing will come, goodness will come. And in time, we will all be in Israel again, experiencing peace and love and joy and hope. And that is really my my prayer. 
And Dana, thank you again. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for, for everyone. I just want to say like, thank you guys for the support. It means a lot to us. I think, I don't think people understand how much because we get lots of hate on social media and so on. So thank you for saying, and if you can just help us keep on spreading, you know, the words and like sharing the horrific stories that happens on the day and that's all we need just the love and the support and just to help us put it out there because mm. um, yeah it's about a time they're going to have peace in the Middle East yeah and maybe that's our opportunity now yeah absolutely and we are supporting you and many people are and will continue to so Dana bless you have a you wonderful too. trip well uh, a wonderful trip to Israel. It's kind of, <laughs> I can't say that normally. We I'm going to so give my excited. sister a hug. So yeah. that's the important part. And from us as well. You know, we'll just do. hug her with the, with, the, with the strength of everybody who's been listening today and who supports. So thank you all for joining me on Voice of Change today. It's been such a blessing to have you with me. Don't forget that continue to pray for the Jewish people. Continue to pray for Israel. Continue to pray for what's happening in the Middle East. And just be led in that support. So take care. See you next week. And blessings of Shalom and Shalom. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.